So I was thinking the other day, man, you know, we are we are children of the 80s, of the 90s. I think mm-hmm. that pretty much all of us either grew up with or grew up with someone that had a bop it. You remember the bop it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Bop it. Yeah. Twist it. Bop it. it. Skip it. Yeah. Twist mm-hmm. it. Whatever all that stuff is. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about it, and it's like our age, our generation, we've grown up, but the bop it has stayed the same. Hmm. Okay. And that's kind of sad. I think it's been kind of left behind. Right. So I'm just propo- proposing a a bold new rebranding. Uh, trademark dead and lovely. Totally okay. our idea right here. So you heard it here first. I'm just saying that the same company reintroduces the toy for adult use, and it's called the fuck it. Okay. This is where I thought you were going. So it's like a mm-hmm. flashlight. It could be, but it's well, doing that's like one of the elements. I mean, because like the bop it, the bop it bit is just one of the elements. So you call it the yeah. fuck it because there's the flashlight element, but like mm-hmm. you know maybe there's the plug it, like you stick it in your butt. Well, kind uh, of what I'm going with is like it's like suck it, flick it, twist yeah. it, fuck it. You know, yeah. so it's like giving you commands as you're mm-hmm. playing with it. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. kind of have to follow the orders and you know not not screw them up or anything. Or I, else you get, listen, I don't know something. I, I think about. 30% of our audience is turned on right now. So, how could yeah. you not be? We're going to sell these like hotcakes. That I fuck. think there's a market. I'm pretty yeah. sure that there's a market for this. Fuckable pancakes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All this and more brilliant ideas on the brand newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast. Here with the host with the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. Oh, yes. And we are here today to be talking about one Hankin' Frooker from 1990. <laughs> Hankin' Frooker. That's it. That's the name of this movie. <laughs> Hank in Frooker, attorney at law. You could have mesothelioma. <laughs> call Hank in Frooker. I totally would call. If I had mesothelioma, that's the first person I'd turn to, Hank in yeah. Frooker. Yeah, absolutely so. He's going to get you the settlement that you deserve. 100%. Yep. Yeah, that's right. If you want to get straight onto the movie review, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to shoot the shit, enter the preview palace, have a co-beer, have all kinds of good times, and catch up and talk about what we've been watching this week. I can't believe that this week is already, like, fucking Halloween week. How has this happened? Oh, yeah, man. Shit. Time has flown by this month. I have been so fucking busy. I believe you have as as well. Yes. And yeah, it's yes. just like creeped up to the point where we're, yeah, we're at Halloween and then the next week we got to the meetup. What the hell's our dead and lovely group meetup in Knoxville, Tennessee in the old city, which is going to be a good time. I went to the future. I checked it out. Guess what I'm going to tell you? Definitely a good time. Yeah. Good time. Yep. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers ahead. Good time. Good time. Good time. Going to be had by mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Uh, yep. We we actually secured Central Cinema where we're, we're on Saturday. If you stick around or... Maybe if you can't make it to the Friday night meetup, we're going to be watching a movie at Central Cinema. Woo. Uh, and we're going to have a vote on what that movie's going to be. So check out our social media coming up. We'll have a vote on what silliness we're going to watch together at Central Cinema on November. I guess that would be the 5th. But November 4th is, is the meetup itself. That's right. And I need a head count. That way I can go ahead and go down to the to the dime store and secure enough sarsaparilla Cowtails and popped corn for everybody. <laughs> uh, I gotta secure them. Luckily, Central Cinema does have booze and concessions, so <laughs> <laughs> so if cowtails are not for you. Yeah, you will need to bring your sarsaparilla and cowtails. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a really damn good time. I look forward to seeing everybody. 
Uh, but yeah, dude, it has just definitely flown by yeah. way too fucking fast, man. Uh, there's so many like Halloween movies and stuff that I've not gotten to sit down and watch. Like right. big titles yeah. that we watch every year, like uh, fucking Sleepy Hollow we've not watched, Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus we've not watched, we've not uh. done. Not even done fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like Emily was watching Hocus fuck? Pocus last night, and and I was walking through while I was prepping for, for here for this for this uh, episode, and I realized like I hadn't I haven't really done many of the the traditional Halloween movies, so I'm gonna try to plug them all in in this next week. Like really Ooh. get hyped for Halloween. Yeah, get that spirit all up in you, huh? Yeah, yeah. I because I yeah I, I, I'm just like you. It really just kind of snuck up on me and like completely just like holy shit it's halloween this week what the fuck i know right i'm gonna vote for a mandatory halloween extension at least through like mid-november at least well yeah i mean we got we got the meetup so that counts as part of halloween that's an extension itself yeah so at the very least um that that first week in november still counts as, as halloween and then after the meetup, you have the refractory period, which is going to oh, last yeah. at least 15 yeah. minutes after the meetup. Yeah, where everybody is is really just like re- recovering from all the coming they've done at mm-hmm. the meetup. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, don't expect so much of my Halloween. Don't look at my Halloween. It's recovering. <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back? I swear. Yeah. Longer this happens stronger to everybody. than before. Sure, it'll be fine. Let's focus on your Halloween for a minute. Mine just needs yeah, a little time to catch go. back up. All right. You know, it's fine. Uh-huh. This Don't is look why at you it. got Halloween toys. <laughs> what are we talking about right now? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I kind of lost the thread there for a second. I don't right. know. But I'm going to need some more time to do uh, all my watching of my favorite spooky movies and yeah. chomping on a, a mini Snickers and a Kit Kat and this, yeah. that, and the yeah. other, man. I got to do that. Got to get it. Got to just like I'm just gonna get a bowl of Halloween candy, even though no one ever comes here, uh, just to get in the spirit. I'm gonna smoke a bowl of Halloween candy. Oh, absolutely! Oh my God! So, dude, I don't know if you know this. I just uh, I just returned from Portland. On and boy, are your arms tired. <laughs> Fucking shit! Yeah, they were. Those seats get narrower and narrower. Um, and, and if you got some broad shoulders, oh, buddy. Sitting in that middle seat fucking sucks. Or sitting in the aisle. Holy shit, I got bumped into so many damn times. I wasn't leaning I into it. the aisle. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, I was in Portland uh, looking for, for a place because we're moving there. And we found a place, so hooray. Um, but they got this thing there where you can just buy weed from like... No. Yeah, like the dope man, he like has a store. And you walk into the store and you go, I want that dope. Go into Dopes R Us, huh? Yep. And they go, oh, okay, here you go. Would you like to pay for that with a debit card? And you go, yes, I would. What? And, and the bank fucking has to deal with it. Fuck yeah. Dude, I he smoked so much weed. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. It might be legal over there, but I'm sure you got crimed and stabbed and robbed how many times? Because everybody's on drugs. Um, Do you get oh, crimed no. much? No, no, everybody was really pleasant. It was a really oh. nice city. Yeah, um, yeah and we it's were almost like it's down- not a big deal at all. Yeah, not at all. No, yeah, we were staying downtown. Um, and yeah, very pleasant. Had a, had a great time. But yeah, I um, once we did secure a place, uh, that next day I was just like, I am just getting stoned all day. Why and not? I did, and it was wonderful. And they, <laughs> they I had like, I had some gummies. I had uh, I had this vape pen that I was puffing on the whole time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. 
got some pre-rolls. That place, let me tell you, uh, recreational weed is the best. And it needs yeah. to be everywhere. It's a great way to do recreation. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. So, had a blast. But, you know, we also, um, we were staying downtown, so we had we had a bunch of food. We had some Thai that fucking oh, yeah. kicked ass. Got some noodles there. Yeah, we had uh, we had some pizza. Uh, a place called Hot Lips. I think they have a few locations there in Portland. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Had some burgers. Portland Burger. Fucking, I had a, a, a burger with, with brisket on it. Hang on now. Meat on your meat? What's yeah. going on? Is this the future the liberals want? What's going it on? It's the future the liberals want, dude. It was, it's it was the a very... the future the ketos wants what it is. Very it's part good of that burger. keto future. Yeah. They're forcing us to meet our meats these days. Yeah. Also, got a, I got uh, tortas at a, a like a, a Mexican stand on on uh, downtown there that fucking blew my mind. Fuck Just yeah, man. standing there on a street eating one of the best things I've ever had in my life. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of spoiled best. because, you know, we live in, in Knoxville, and Knoxville has, like, a ridiculously good food scene. Like you Yeah, wouldn't, it does. You wouldn't know yeah. it, but there's so many great restaurants and shit here, man. Like, we ate it at Sticky Rice earlier. Oh, yeah, Sticky Lay Rice Ocean is place. great. God yeah. damn, it's so great, man. Yeah. It just really, it makes me think about, like, how awful it would be to ever move to somewhere that doesn't have a good food scene. Like, imagine you move yeah, somewhere, no, and there's, like, it. there's a Chili's in town, and that's nope. all you have. No, can't Fuck. do it. Yeah. No. Yes, yeah, so, because, like, um, yeah, we, we both grew up uh, outside of Knox County here. Which in the is, country. Yeah, Knox County is not necessarily, like, gigantic, but it just happens to be a place where, uh, you know, major interstates intersect, and... The food scene has just gotten better and better and better, I guess, because, you know, everything comes through here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's easy to get nice, fresh ingredients. And yeah, it's great. I, I love it. But yeah, Portland, um, I didn't have a single bad meal. Everything I had there was great. So good. Rad, so, man. So overall, yeah. you liked Portland. I've never been there before, uh, but I'd like to know more about it and stuff. You had a good time? Yeah. Um. Well, okay. So Emily and I were like... Um, the downtown area kind of reminded us of, of like Los Angeles downtown, but also mm-hmm. kind of like New York downtown just has a nice big city vibe, but it's also like way relaxed. I don't know. It just felt like not as, as urgent there, um, as, as LA or, or New York city. So that was nice. But then we, we also went to where her hospital is, which is kind of in this like forested area that's up mm-hmm. in in a hilly area and like has this great overlook of the city. Uh, so yeah, is a lot of different areas that we checked out. Cause we, we went to, we were um, looking for places in the East, like East side of the river. So we went into Northeast and Southeast a good bit looking at places. And uh, yeah, it just, I don't know, had a nice relaxed vibe for us. Um, I'm excited to move there, especially because of the food and the weed. Yeah, those are two of my favorite things. So yeah, yeah me they got too. any good co beers out there? Oh god damn it, dude! Oh yes, D- like we just went into Safeway, and the the beer section, like you know, they had the obvious the average stuff you got like Budweiser and whatnot. But then their their craft beer section was gigantic and largely unfamiliar to me, which was great. Well, hang on, you said Safeway. I heard from old Tucker Carlson that out there on that le- that West Coast, that liberal West Coast, it's uh-huh. so dangerous. All they got out there is Danger Way. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, we Ain't were that in, true. We were in Danger Way. Yeah, we were in Danger Way, Harm's <laughs> Way. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, they they had like a, a crazy awesome craft beer section. They also had a great craft cider section. And I 
I actually sent you a picture of one yeah, of yeah. the ciders we tried, which was, um, it was a pumpkin cider that, let me tell you something, man. I've had a, a lot of ciders in my time, but this one was like the most like wonderfully gingery, spicy cider I've ever had. It's Two Town mm. Cider House Hollow Jack Chai Spiced Pumpkin Cider. Fuck, that sounds so good, man. God damn Chai? it. Damn. Ugh. And Emily loved it. The thing is, Emily doesn't, she's not like down with ciders a lot. Yeah. Um, so she absolutely loved it. So that, that I think is a ringing endorsement of just how delicious it was. Fuck yeah, yeah, man. Awesome. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to know the town better and to just be out there. Our, our, um, our place is nice. I mean, it's, um, intended to be our temporary place until we find a house. So, um, it's got enough space and we'll do the job. So we're excited. (laughs) All right, man. It's the stu- it's the place where the stuff goes. Yeah, exactly. It has it has place for our stuff, and Love that's that. what we need. Well, hell, all that co beer talk's got me wanting a co beer myself. I'm gonna throw myself a beer right in my face where it is needed. You got to get the medicine to where the problem is, as you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what the the doctors all say. Mm-hmm. They say get the medicine to where the problem is by drinking a co beer. That's right. And the mm-hmm. problem is lack of beer and the location is <laughs> in my face. So it's the perfect solution to my problem. Nurse, this woman's suffering from lack of beer. <laughs> Quick, inject it into her face. <laughs> Good thing I've got myself a Saucy Brew Works Juicy ASAP from mm. our good buddy and a good buddy of mine I just seen no longer ago than yesterday, the notorious RDM, Roger notorious. Dean Miller. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is one that he gave to me a while back. Um, he said to drink it as soon as I could, and I didn't. Okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a rule breaker. I had one of them, and it was fucking amazing. He gave me two of them. Uh, so I'm sure that this one will be equally fantastic. So this is awesome. a super fruited IPA brewed with peach and Mogno. <laughs> Love that Mogno. Love that Mogno, dude. And it is so freaking good. It's, you know, it's a juicy, hazy guy, but the balance of funk and sweetness and tartness and stuff and the fruitiness is really good. It kind of leans a little bit more into the kind of sweet and sour range, you know? Oh, okay. I like that. Mm, mm, mm. Good stuff. Yeah. You would definitely like this in a lot. It's got a good yeah. smoothness to it. Sounds awesome. Yeah, you know, it says Juicy ASAP. This tastes just as good as the other one that he gave me like a month ago, so it hasn't turned yet. It is a pity that with IPAs and stuff, you kind of got to stay on top of them. Yeah, that does suck. Um, yeah, it's nice that some beers can kind of age and actually change and have, you know, more of a mellowed out better flavor um yeah ipas just lose flavor <laughs> they just become kind of bland oh yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one right there good stuff good stuff right there well cool man have you had time to watch anything this week uh yeah we, i mean you know we didn't have a ton of time um but we while we were in portland uh <laughs> we did catch some uh, british baking uh which is always a fun thing to do while drinking because <laughs> mm. Emily just ends up yelling at everybody. <laughs> You're doing it wrong, Limey. Is it stuff like that? No, it's not. It's really just like, um, so the, this one contestant was like kicked off of of the previous episode, and Emily thought another contestant should have been kicked off, even though she didn't previously dislike this contestant. Now she hated her 100 percent 
vehemently and would just like yell every time she was on screen like shut up you're the reason she's out um it's a blast absolute blast but yeah I, i've watched it i did watch a couple of things <laughs> well i'll tell you what just as a random side note here us just talking about about the british it just got me thinking about something trademark dead and lovely this is another oh, okay. just bold idea uh just a kernel of an idea so you got to help me out here okay all right i'm just thinking there is a um, a sexy, a, a, a sexy like Paul Revere historical uh, porno gangbang <laughs> called "The British Are Coming." I don't know. <laughs> Am I on to something here? Is there something to work with? Oh, the British are coming. Boy. The British are coming. Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah. One if by land, there. two if by sea. Definitely turns into a DP scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, okay. The British are coming. I'm down. All Let's right, produce yeah. this. <laughs> one, if, one if by landing strip. <laughs> I think the sea is somehow a squirting thing. I don't know. There's something to work okay, with here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's there we ideas, go. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah, I definitely do need a, a squirting scene with a sea shanty going on in the background. <laughs> it's popular right now. Yeah. It was like well, maybe two yeah, years like ago. Two years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you're as old as we are, now it means within the past five years. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. And the reality yeah. for, for you real olds is that the past five years was 1995, right? Correct. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> is it not? I think it is. I got to do the math. I'll run the numbers later. The British yeah. are coming. Write that down. Write that the down. British are coming. <laughs> okay, so uh, I did. Yeah, but I did get to. I watched some stuff. On the plane, I um, I was just listening to podcasts, but I um, I saw Emily cycling through the movies, and I noticed Nightmare on Elm Street was on there, and it was unedited. So what? then I started Wait, cycling. One? Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, on a plane? Yeah, on a plane. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I started cycling through the movies, trying to find the most ridiculous movie to potentially watch. Uh, Emily ended up doing it, watching Kill Bill Volume 1 on the plane. Dude, what? That is way <laughs> over the top. Yeah. But then I ended up watching Jaws. Um, but I, I, um, I didn't have, like, plug-in earbuds. So I was just watching Jaws without having, like, the, the sound. So I had, like, yeah. you know, subtitles or whatever. That is a movie that, like... I mean, I don't think... I don't think every well-directed movie necessarily would work without you being able to hear anything. Hmm. But that movie is so well-directed that you can follow the story without being able to hear a single thing. Wow. It's just, wow, like, dude. so well done. Steven Spielberg, just, like... It, it's just why you can't make a good shark movie after Jaws, other than, of course, Ghost Shark. Well, I read that the reason that he directed it that way is because he was like, I was thinking about the character of the shark, and the shark can't speak English, so <laughs> it needs to make sense from the shark's it can perspective. Speak just not English, just not English. Yeah, yeah of it course. Speaks French. I mean, the, yeah. the shark speaks French. All sharks speak French. We all know. Ha ha ha! Ha I am to eat you. That's French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's French. Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. That's nice, man. Yeah, so yeah, Jaws on a Plane. That also gave me the idea for Sharks on a Plane. Perfect. And I'm that needs to happen, yes. right? <laughs> Trademark dead lovely. Damn, just ideas all over this motherfucker. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, uh, okay, so Sunday we got back and I was like, 
I'm going to do the, the ice cream sundae. So uh, uh, we we watched Brahms' The Boy 2, uh, but I missed the first 30 minutes because I was asleep. Because <laughs> I mm-hmm. was exhausted. But <laughs> the boy doesn't too. matter if one. you... Yeah, it doesn't matter if you missed the first 30 minutes of the Brahms, the uh, Brahms, the boy too. The movie still shouldn't exist. Just Ooh. shouldn't. Have you seen Ooh. the boy? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, well, uh, the boy's okay. It's not great, but it's fine. Um, but if you see it, you'll be like, how is there a sequel to this? Um, there's a sequel by basically being like, no, the first movie was full of shit. It was wrong. This, oh great i love yeah, when they do that's that that's real fun right mm-hmm, uh yeah yeah so yeah no uh, don't recommend that and then also uh just went up on uh shutter uh vhs 99 Ooh, i've been hearing people talk about this but i've not watched it yet okay so um you saw vhs 94 which it was pretty uh, good. I, all the like ratma yeah. stuff and all that shit was pretty yeah neat. i liked it i liked vhs 94 the thing I, about vhs 94 that i liked was that it kind of felt like they were really just limiting themselves to using technology that kind of looked like 94, but yeah. they weren't really like aiming to capture the 90s, you know, a ton. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was fine. That that's I liked that about it. Uh, 99 feels more like they were aiming to try to capture the 90s a lot, uh, which, you know, succeeds and fails in, in different bits, but it's really just a a, i don't know i i wish they had more just tried to aim at shooting on shitty digital like shitty 99 digital or something totally yeah yeah uh instead of trying to make it more like the 90s that being said uh segments uh they're definitely good segments there's one that is definitely uh you know uh 90s nickelodeon game show inspired very specifically legends of the hidden temple inspired oh okay i'm on board that sounds awesome yeah that's yeah it's a cool setup um yeah there there's a couple others there's there's the last one is is good i like it a lot uh two guys basically get sucked into hell okay (laughs) cool yeah it's it's cool yeah Hmm. there's there's definitely good stuff but nothing about it it's overly stood out whereas like with 94 there was that segment the the same one that the one that was directed by the guy who did the cult segment in uh vhs2 yeah yeah Fuck. Uh-huh. yeah the, Malaysian, the crazy like, robot robot yes. segment yeah, yeah yeah that one Fuck, God, that, that one was, was like a standout to me where it was like Fuck, that yeah. one was so good this one didn't have a, a huge standout but it was it was solid throughout so definitely i'm sure i'll sit down and watch it man because the great thing about anthologies too is especially when things are as busy as they are um, yeah. for us right now, it's great because you can just watch a segment or two, put it down, come back later, watch another segment, yes. put it down. Yeah. Like you don't have to just sit down and digest the whole thing, man. Plus, it's like it's such a great opportunity for new directors. Even the VHS yeah. series, even though I don't necessarily like it all that much, like there's so many directors that have done segments on that for cheap, yeah. um, and they were able to do that because it's just a you know 15 minute segment for a, an anthology movie that have gone yeah. on to do great thing so Absolutely. i think it's great just for uh, introducing new voices in in horror movies too yeah no i agree with you that um it, it definitely has has uh brought my attention just to because i didn't know any of the director's names really so i was i was looking through their stuff and would be interested in seeing more so VHS, yeah the vhs series definitely has a lot of good like standout stories too so 
always worth it except i you know we did the first one and it kind of fucking doesn't hold up at all. No, no. Yeah. There's some very not savory stuff going on in that one for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you what you got to watch that just hit the uh, the HBO Max, man. You got to get on Barbarian. It just started streaming on there. You have to fucking watch this movie, dude. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm going to after this. I just haven't had... I, I had to prep for uh, Frankenhooker the past two nights. And, and yeah, I know I went up like last night around midnight. And I was gonna watch it, but I was just too tired. So, dude, I'm gonna, I can't I'm gonna get wait. It. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you think about this movie. It is Everybody, just yeah. batshit crazy. Easily in my top three of the year. I haven't like had anything spoiled. I still have no idea what it's about. So awesome. Yeah, I like right after we finish recording this, I'm gonna watch it, and yeah, I'll I'll let everybody know. I guess on on the Instagram, uh, what I thought yeah. about it. Yeah, oh, I can't wait, man. I think that you'll really like it a lot. I I don't know. Maybe there's a small chance that you won't get into it, but I, doubt I think you're probably going to be way into it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Let me know what you think about that one. I will. Uh, and everybody listening, don't research anything about Barbarian. Just fucking watch it. Don't even look at a cast list. There's even spoilers if you look at a cast list. Don't. Okay. Just fucking watch the movie. Cast list. Chucky. What? He shows up? Starring as Jason. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> President George W. Bush as himself. Oh, what? no. <laughs> the God horror. damn. A war criminal. <laughs> so, dude, I've not had time to watch a whole lot of nothing this week, man, just because it's been so hectic. But I did watch Phantasm the other day. Oh, yeah? Boy. Boy. What a silly ass movie. Like, yeah. The tone of that movie is so completely all over the fucking place, and yeah. I think I like it more every time I watch it, just because <laughs> it's clearly made by people that were just like, does this make sense or not? Who gives a fuck? Keep making the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we're just going to play guitar so on the porch here. Great. I'll record that and put it in the movie. Yeah, let's jam, just so we can have this one thing of you using a tuning fork, which kind of comes into play later. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Especially when relating to the dwarves. Wait, the dwarves? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was about a tall man. It is also not very tall men. Yeah, sure. Also space. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bonkers. I got to watch the sequels. I've never seen any of the Fantastic Oh, you sequels. haven't? Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Well, yeah, they're they're wild, for sure. I think um, Joe Bob did a, uh, a couple on The Last Drive-In at a certain point. But, yeah, definitely check them out. Okay. I think, most Re- of I think Reggie is now. in one through four. I'm not positive on that. Okay. And you got yeah. all Angus Scrim and I think all of them. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get around to that, man. The reason we are so busy this week is partially because uh, last Thursday, Kate and I went up to Hotlanta, USA. Oh, yeah. Uh, to go over to a really awesome new theater called The Eastern to watch Kevin Smith, who is uh, touring oh, cool. Clerks 3 and doing a Q&A. This is like our our fourth time seeing Kevin Smith. Uh, we're big fans, so we'll always support the guy and everything. And it was a lot of fun, dude. It was a lot of fun. Like, he did a little intro thing. They showed Clerks 3. Then he did, like, a Q&A. And, you know, within, like, an hour of the Q&A, I could see, like, a stage hand off the side of the stage holding up a sign that's, like, you know, 10 minutes till time. Uh-huh. And then it was, like, a sign that changed that said, time's up. Then it was 10 minutes over. Then it was 20 minutes over. Then it was 30 <laughs> minutes over. I, the guy went, like, an hour over. Like, he is just so fucking generous with his time. 
uh, and fielding questions from everybody that wants to ask him anything. Super fucking cool, dude. Uh, Clerks 3 was really fun, honestly. Like, it had a great amount of nostalgia crack in it, for sure. If you've been, like, a Kevin Smith fan for a long time, as we have, it's got, I think, pretty much everything that you'll want out of it. Um, is it, like, you know, objectively, like, oh, my God, this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen? Nah, probably not, but it also doesn't have to be, either. Okay. Yeah. Do you know anything about it? No, I don't, I don't, I don't really even remember Clerks 2. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Like, it gets meta in some ways that I think are really cool and really fun and applicable not only to, like, the characters in the Clerks universe, but also the actors that are, you know, in Clerks and mm-hmm. Kevin Smith and his entire career. Uh, it's a little bit up its own ass sometimes, but that's okay. That's fine. It's a good ass. <laughs> All right. And wait, did, uh, didn't you also go to a concert? Yeah, dude. Like just yesterday, I yeah. went to old Nash Vegas, Tennessee to go mm-hmm. to the old Ryman Auditorium where I had never been before. Okay. Uh, sitting in a dang old church pew to watch uh, one of my absolute favorite guitar players of all time, Joe Satriani. Mm. He was on tour, and this is also the first time I've ever gotten to see him do a full set of his own tunes and stuff. I saw him a couple years ago back when they were doing this Experience Hendrix tour, which is like a uh-huh. bunch of different guitar players playing like Hendrix tunes. And, right. Um, that was that was really fun, but you know, it wasn't Joe playing his music. So this is the first time I've ever gotten to see the man himself performing in person. And... Uh, the he man was a great himself. time, man. He's the man himself. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. The guy's look, the guy's playing hasn't aged a day in like twenty five or thirty years. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go on record as saying, man, it's like there's there's a lot of these guitar heroes and stuff that uh, you know we all adore that can't necessarily keep up with what they used to do. I mean, it's part of getting older, of course. Yeah. Um, I am 100% confident that Joe right now could play anything in his entire catalog. Anything. Okay. Uh, really, really amazing. Really impressive. It was a fun show. And beforehand, got to do some hanging out with old RDM. Smashing yeah. a couple of co-beers and cocktails and some tacos and stuff with the man himself. He's a good old boy. I tell you what. It's true. I agree with that. Uh, what if RDM stands for Roger Man? Roger Demand. That's probably what it is. Yeah, you know? probably. Yeah, I would definitely describe him as Demand for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If <laughs> if it, this was nineteen and ninety four, and we were somebody's uncle, that's exactly how we describe him. It's Roger Demand. Uh-huh. Ooh, who's Demand? <laughs> Roger. Yes. <laughs> So we had a, a good old time, man. It was definitely a, a fun trip. And I'm glad I got to go, too, because, you know, this October and stuff has been so hectic anyway. And yeah. uh, I was planning on going to see Meshuga and Torch and In Flames in Atlanta, like, the week oh, before, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but that was just a few days after we lost Zora. And I was yeah. like, man, I, I do not feel like no, I leaving the house. No, yep. it, didn't, it didn't feel like that would be a fun time at all. So I sat that one out. So I was happy to have some other, you know, musical redemption on the uh, the other side of the month right there. So have yeah, myself awesome. a dang old good time, man. Good. So live cool. music, man. I'll tell you what. Like, that's... That's one of those things that I, I hope never goes out of style. I think that it's so easy for us to all just, you know, watch a live video on our phone or mm-hmm. on our TV or computer or whatever. Um, Victor Wooten on a podcast I was listening to, I think it was on the Wong Notes podcast, 
he was recently talking about you know live music versus listen, listening to a recording, especially a recording uh-huh. on your phone or on earbuds or whatever. And he's like, if you're talking about the entire spectrum of sound, of sound that is being produced by players playing instruments, let's say that's 12 inches, you know? Uh-huh. He's like, whenever you see that in person, you're getting the entire effect. Whenever you listen to that on a CD, everything's all, you know, it's compressed and everything's regulated and mixed and mastered and all that jazz. He's like, you're getting, you know, six inches of the picture right uh-huh. there. If you're listening on earbuds, little teeny tiny ass speakers that are only producing a very slim amount of frequencies, let's be honest, your brain does a lot of the work for you to fill in what is bassy and what's trebly or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's like two inches of the music. But then it's like if you're streaming that off of a streaming service where you're not on Wi-Fi and all that jazz, he's like, you're you're seeing like a fucking quarter inch of the entire picture. And it's it's absolutely true. And I think that mm, okay. a lot of people don't understand that. And, and you know, the, the thing about it is, is I say the same thing about art. Like, I'd never made the same analog about music, weirdly mm. enough. But I've said before a million times, it's like... You can see photographs of famous pieces of art all right. you want to, but until you are standing in front of it, you yeah. have not seen it. You just yeah, haven't. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially um, like just, you know, getting an idea of like size and scope and texture and stuff like that. Yeah. A, a oh, picture yeah. doesn't carry it. Yeah. Well, I remember like whenever, you know, we were in college and stuff and you were really into uh, yeah, Rothko and some of these color field artists. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had just seen photos of that shit. I'd just yeah. seen pictures in books, you know, that were uh-huh. Printed on paper using inks that degrade and inks that might not even be true to the actual look yes. of the piece itself. So it and just I never looks like color splotches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like I never understood it until I saw it in person. Yeah, it's a lot just of those are fucking different. Yeah. I know, yeah. man, and it's it's nothing at all like looking at a picture in a book the same way yeah. that yeah, streaming something on your earbuds or God forbid, playing music on your phone speaker, right? Which is something I do all the time. And oh, I hate it. I can't listen to it. <laughs> I can't it's, do it's it. It's terrible. But it's yeah. weird because it makes me acknowledge how much work my brain is doing to fill in the spaces of what I know to be a kick drum, what I know to be yeah. the guitar tone, I when think my fucking phone speaker is doing nothing to represent yeah. that. I think that's part of what like makes me anxious about it, is like, I guess if if it's all that's happening, I can be fine, but if like somebody tries to talk to me, it's like my brain just freaks out. I cannot deal with both of those things going on at the same time. It's weird. It almost turns into like nothing but white noise instantly the minute that anything else is going on. Right. <laughs> you know, versus playing it on like a good stereo or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strange, man. Uh, so, yeah, good times. Good time to see some live music and stuff. Go out and support some artists because uh, they didn't get to work for a couple of years and they need money. So Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would say that <laughs> that's probably very true, though. I mean, uh, COVID has not gone away. In fact, it's on but its no. way back. Uh, yeah boy. we're bringing it back Woo! Fl- flying back on the plane uh eh, dude i'm sure everybody's heard, wearing masks right nope not at all <laughs> uh i heard five people actively coughing throughout the the flight um most people not wearing masks most people yep. have forgotten you you need boosters go yep, get your yep, fucking yep. booster what are you doing you don't have any protection anymore. Just because you got a shot before doesn't mean it's still working. That's right, just yeah. not how they work. So go get your boosters, wear masks, and please don't come to the meetup if you're sick. 
Please, Please. yeah, definitely not. I think everybody in our bunch is considerate enough to know that. Yeah, but still, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, man. I, I still wear a mask on a plane all the time. Every time I fly, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely fucking wearing a mask. I'm going to be in a tube breathing mm-hmm. everybody else's air. It's like, why not Yeah, why not just add at least a barrier of protection? Just, yeah. It can't hurt just to try a little bit, right? No. <laughs> it doesn't hurt at all. We, uh, Emily and I wore masks the entire time uh, through our flight. Anytime we you know, went um, through the like hotel lobby and stuff, anytime we were anywhere people had been and we we also like we uh ordered all our food and went and picked it up so we didn't have to like yeah cool yeah we're 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 very worried right now because we're like moving so soon like can you imagine getting covid and needing to move (laughs) that sounds horrible yeah sounds absolutely terrible so no don't want to so we've been extremely careful but yeah i it's it's coming back it's the worst Boo, yeah, boo, boo hiss, man. Yeah, boo hiss. Oh, well. Eh, yep. Just try try whatever you can to fucking help, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not 100%. that big of a deal. So, yeah, it's not a big deal to me, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. The subject of our show today is one Frank Ann. Who care? <laughs> That's it. That, it's a French movie. <laughs> we're, we're excited cons. to talk about it. It's all about croissants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's right. And uh the, the au jus. There's some au jus. Oh action yeah, there. yeah. It's dipping croissants and au jus and going ha ha ha. Mm. Manning uh, the guillotines. Oh yeah. <laughs> the French love manning the guillotines. And that's how they get shit done. So, you know. Maybe. You know, vast musical numbers, a couple mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, we'll do a little bit a little bit of that. Sure, uh, sure. You know what? Maybe though. I was just thinking, since it's like right before we're going to talk about the movie, we do that thing we normally do. Are you talking about entering the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. I think that we probably should. That seems like a pretty good place to do this. The place that we usually do this? Yeah, it's a uh-huh. good idea. Yeah, it's a good All idea. Right. <laughs> and you know, this movie is somewhat of a crossover of sorts. It is yeah. a, a classic Mary Shelley tale uh-huh. reimagined as a crossover with a prostitute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sex worker uh, turned into a, a Frankenstein creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. You get a, you know a universal monster being given a job. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of got me to thinking about maybe some other universal monster crossover pictures Uh that we might pitch i mean i know that there's a lot of studio execs a lot of fat cats that listen to this show Uh they're always looking to bankroll some new projects and stuff so cats love this show mm, Mm. mm, not the skinny ones skinny cats they're like meow no you know (laughs) meow no they say yeah Mm -hmm. but fat cats they're like yes and they yes, smoke they like big cigars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they write us big checks, like yeah. very large checks. Very large checks, impossible to cash. Every bank laughs us out of the out of the door, just like, how did you even get that in here? That's so the big. strategy. Like, how are you supposed to fold that up and put it in your billfold or pocketbook? There's no way. <laughs> These fat cats got it figured out. <laughs> they got it figured out, man. You write them the big checks and then you run. They can't even cash them. <laughs> but now they got to do it because they took the check. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's paid in full. So maybe somebody listening is going to want to make some of these other crossover movies that Steve and I have concocted here. Maybe so. Steve, let's kick this off with, uh, with you know, some, in some people's opinions, part of the universal monster canon, the invisible man. He's a man what you can't see. He's no, indivisible. Yeah. Yep. 
Try as though you might. You never know if he's there. Now, I think in this modern world, there's a way to spin this in a way that is just truly terrifying, maybe even more frightening than the original okay. uh, premise itself. What are you here. thinking? So what I'm thinking is, like in the trailer, you show you show a, a, a gaggle of women, right? A Strong, gaggle. independent women. A gaggle. A gob of oh, them. Oh, dear. <laughs> Gobs of women. Gobs of them. Okay. Binders. I don't know. Uh-huh. And uh, and they're doing their thing. They're having some some celebratory times. They're having some good conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, there's wine. Let's say there's a butterboard because that's things people are doing now. Butterboard. Have you not seen this? No. What? Okay. okay. It sounds fucking awesome. I mean, you just basically spread a bunch of butter and then put a bunch of like toppings and shit on it. Like, okay. Add stuff to the butter, and then everybody has some crusty bread, and you just fucking attack them. Oh, Jesus. The fucking butterboard. Yeah, what? sign me the fuck up, okay? Yeah, right? okay. Mm-hmm. So the yes. butterboard is drawing you into the trailer. You're right. like, man, yeah, I'm they're having themselves interested. a good time. And I think we zoom in on some of the women that are having a conversation. And one of them is talking about like some uh, you know scientific breakthrough she was just reading about in uh-huh. a, maybe a, a medical journal or something yeah. like that. Okay. Right. And what a big difference this is going to make to the future. Wow. And then okay. out of nowhere, you have the disembodied voice of an unseen masculine figure. Just And his words just cut through the room like a knife. Okay. Well, actually, <gasps> the invisible mansplainer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Women will never feel safe again. <laughs> you never know when he's there. Just fixing to fucking Jesus correct Christ. you. Oh, can you imagine just everything you're saying? Like, fuck, is some disembodied asshole <laughs> just going to come in and try to explain the thing I understand better? Mm. God damn it. That he's is just horror. been there the whole time, yeah. just waiting, you know? I think like the final word in the trailer is just like a whisper of, now the way I understand it. Uh-huh. And that's it. Coming to theaters. <laughs> what a dick. The invisible mansplainer. That's terrifying. The invisible mansplainer. What a dick. <laughs> Nobody wants that guy. That's a pretty scary one, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I am frightened. I am frightened. Now, what about, and uh, I'm kind of stealing this one a little bit from a recent Tales from the Crypt episode I saw, but what about you got yourself a regular old fella? What's got fangs and needs Ooh. human blood to live. Oh, yes. But he's figured out that the easiest way to get it is to work at the blood clinic. That's right. It's Dracula, the phlebotomist. Oh, Dr. Dracula. Dr. Acula phlebotomist. <laughs> Dr. Acula phlebotomist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for this. It's perfect. A Dracula working at a blood bank? Yeah, listen, that, this is uh, I, I, such a great idea, and I remembered while watching this Tales from the Crypt episode that, like, that idea being just fucking genius, and it's pl- the, the uh, vampire's played by Malcolm McDowell. It's a great episode. If you can uh, check that out, I mean, it's hard to find Tales from the Crypt, but if you've got the DVDs, it's season three, I think episode five or whatever. Really nice. good. There's a, anyway. a Bob's Burgers Halloween episode that kind of yes. referenced this, too. We've been yeah. watching through the Bob's uh-huh. Burgers Halloween episode. That is something that we've watched this week is a bunch of oh, those. Fuck yeah. So fucking mm-hmm. good. Goddamn. So good. I think we're all cut up, actually. But yeah, I mean, that's a perfect cover for a vampire, right? You you get in there. You got to, you got access to blood. 
you know, and then maybe uh, you got some authorities after you, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Acula. Getting high on your blood supply. <laughs> it's fun. Yes. I think it's good, you know? And yeah. maybe he's doing some good, too, you know? Like, he's throwing out those universal donors and be like, here, this is for the people, blah. <laughs> no one figured out, despite the fact that he talks like that, that he's a goddamn vampire. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, though, and here's here's the ending of the movie, all right? You ready for this? Spoilers. Let's hear it. Spoiler turf. I think the hero of the movie, after you've had this goddamn Dracula stealing everybody's blood, uh-huh. I think the guy that saves the day, a guy rolls up here to the blood bank in his big old jacked-up Ford uh, Super Duty truck. He's got his uh, Thin Blue Line Punisher sticker oh, on boy, the back. Yeah. Don't tread on me license plate. <laughs> right. And uh, I think he goes in... And he donates some of his patriotic blood, and uh, and and Doctor Acula drinks it, not realizing this feller ain't been vaccinated. His blood's too strong, <laughs> and it kills him. I think that's well, what happens. It's okay, too strong. So I think you're 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 proposing this be released by a right wing studio, much like some <laughs> of our other suggestions we have. Coming yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I don't know why a lot of these turned out that way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're wanting, the, you're wanting a movie that stars Kevin Sorbo and Gina Carano. <laughs> Absolutely so, dude. Yes, I think Kevin Sorbo is the one with the strong patriotic blood that just explodes Dracula's Of course, head. yeah. I'm pretty sure. He was able to prey on all them other people because they had the vaccine in them, you know? Right, right. They got These... the jab, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it, we- it weakened them somehow, yeah. Clearly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You okay. can't take that strong patriot unvaccinated blood, Steve. <laughs> what else we got in the hole there? <laughs> let's stick okay, let's stick on the dumb conservative vein here for a second. All right, I'm thinking about uh, a story about a creature as old as time. And yeah. I'll tell you what, he's been here just as long as everybody else, but there ain't nobody celebrating his history. Ain't oh, no. nobody celebrating his culture. Oh, We've dear. heard all about that creature from a black lagoon. Oh, How no. come we ain't got no story about no creature from a white lagoon, Steve? Oh, no. What's the problem here, huh? Ain't, oh, can't he be dear. proud of being from a white lagoon, huh? Oh, man. So Gilman, <laughs> Gilman has been radicalized on, on, on the lines there. On, I'm pretty on the sure. Webs, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I he's see. been on. Uh, uh, fuck it. What is it? Stupid fucking Trump social. Oh media yeah, shit. whatever that. True truther is that it? I don't even fucking I don't know. Remember. Or anyway, care. yeah, yeah. He's definitely been on that shit and just been getting irate about how his story's never been told. Right. Just because yeah. this other creature's from a black lagoon, he gets all <laughs> kinds of attention. What? I ain't. I ain't got flippers, huh? I ain't if got you gills, zoom into huh? the like it, into a picture of January sixth, you see the gill man there with a MAGA hat on. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> He's got people like throwing buckets of water on him and stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, dude, Creature that's a from really the bad white one. lagoon. Yeah. It's time to hear the Jesus other side of the story. Christ. <laughs> Boy, there would these be an have audience for a that. Turn. Yeah, yeah. I wish that sounded less like a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> okay. We have a story about maybe one feller what turns into a wolf, but does some good. What are you thinking about that guy, Steve? Okay. All right. All right. So he's, he's, a, he's a werewolf, right? Mm-hmm. But That's then, right. like, 
you know, maybe he's up to something like, I don't know, uh, objectively good thing, killing Nazis. Maybe that. He senses yeah. this uh, this coming storm of ridiculous, stupid anti-Semitism and sure. neo, neo-Nazis that's right. coming up all over the world for some dumb fucking reason. And of course, what's a werewolfenstein to do? Punch <laughs> their fucking mush in. Dude, a werewolf mod of Wolfenstein would be awesome. If that doesn't exist already, I would be shocked. Werewolfenstein sounds fucking sick. But also, a werewolf just tearing through Nazis would also be Sign me up. (laughs) Right? Like, how could anybody be against that? Actually, I know how some people could be against that, and they're wrong. Right. They're the bad guys. Yeah. You just have, like, right as one of of the Nazis is about to be killed, he's just like, oh, so just because we disagree, I'm a Nazi? (laughs) Werewolf. (laughs) And I'm thinking the guy, like, he wakes up, like, you know, after every full moon, he wakes up and he's like, oh, why are my clothes all in tatters? And I'm so tired and there's there's blood under my fingernails and God, the world is just so much happier and better. And I, I feel don't know like what's I've going done on, a but it's good thing it. somehow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's less intolerance in the world, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not really going to worry about it that much. Okay, I think these are all solid gold shit, Maestro, but we got to diversify our crowd here. We need something for the kids, Steve. They oh, need, absolutely. They need a story for them, too. We need some entertainment. Do we got anything we could spin for them? Get ready. Sit yourself down for this pitch. Bantam of the Opera. That's right. It's about a disfigured bantam chicken. Oh, right? my. Yes. It, it's, its comb is all fucked off or something. The other chickens yeah. have, have shunned it. And what you're not seeing right now, though, is that everyone else in the world is Muppets. That's right. It's Muppet, Phantom of the Opera, Bantam of the Opera, and Gonzo plays whatever that chick's name is. Fuck yeah. Why wouldn't you watch that? Right. And now it's not just Gonzo trying to fuck the chicken. The chicken's trying to fuck Gonzo. Ooh. Sounds a little less weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're getting their time, too, huh? Yeah, Notorious Chicken Fucker Gonzo and Bantam of the Opera. Notorious Chicken Fucker Gonzo. This is a part of his character that I don't think that we talk about enough. Like we've exactly. we've come so far as to talk about like Pepe Le Pew, noted right. rapist. But Gonzo fucks chickens, and everybody's like, "That's cool." I well, the thing the is, is I, I know somebody out there is going, well, you know, Miss Piggy and Kermit, and it's like, but they're both like sentient. sentient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The chickens aren't. <laughs> they don't have a voice. They can't say no. Gonzo <laughs> is luck. up to something here. Gonzo is a fucking weirdo. <laughs> My name is Buck, and I'm here to cluck, he says. Oh, dear. <laughs> Kill oh. Bill Butt with Muppets. <laughs> Again, sign me up. Sign yes. me up, yes. Anything. Bantam of the Opera. I Bantam like this, of the man. Opera, that's right. I'm yeah. thinking the soundtrack is... You know? Kind of draw from the original yes, soundtrack and stuff. It's nice. Yeah. I, and really, like, I think the chandelier falling moment, like, right before that, you've got Fozzie on stage, like, doing his thing. And then he does, like, a real bad joke and the chandelier falls. And then, sure. you know, some tag to that. <laughs> the script writes itself. Yeah. It's something for everybody. <laughs> Got to have one in there for them kids, huh? 100%. All right. All right. Let me pitch one to you here, okay? 
Now, okay. obviously, Frankenhooker, a Frankenstein story, but there's more mm-hmm. more potential here to do with Mary Shelley's original monster, the Frankenstein. Right. Now, I'm just imagining it's a WWE production, okay? You've got Vince McMahon as a mad scientist. Okay. He's unsatisfied with his with his wrestlers. They're not putting up enough performance. The right. the biceps are not large enough. Even though he's uh, retired, he's upset about this. Exactly. Well, okay. he he's going to stay busy. We know that even sure, though he's yeah. retired, he's still got to do something. So right. he's uh he's the mad scientist here and he conspires to take his greatest uh tag team duo uh-huh. <laughs> and um and and murder them so that way he can anatomically rearrange them. Yeah. into becoming better, stronger, more ferocious versions of themselves. I'm uh-huh. talking about the Frankensteiner brothers. <laughs> yeah. Dude, okay, so, yeah, you you said this before when we were, like, prepping, and I thought about it, and I was like, this would have actually been a cool fucking storyline for them to do with Undertaker and the Steiner brothers, right? Dude, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah, sure. like the Why Steiner not? brothers come back as undead monsters. Like they were yeah. already fucking monsters. Like they were just yeah. frightening dudes in the ring. This is what but yeah, Scott if and suddenly Rick? they were just Rick like, huh? yeah, Rick and Scott. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they were just monsters. But yeah, to like actually have them be like, oh, they're undead. They have no feeling, and like they're even more brutal or whatever. That'd be awesome. Oh. And get this, instead of coming back as Rick and Scott Steiner, they come uh-huh. back as sick and rot Frankensteiner. That's just yes! sick. That writes sick itself, man. Rot. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> that should have happened. AEW or WWE, hire us. <laughs> we got them storylines. We got the storylines for you guys. Yeah, just get us a, a whole bunch of weed and we will write years worth of content. <laughs> yes. It's and then done, they'll just dude. throw it out because it's just gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, close us out right here because you oh, have yeah. a concept for mm-hmm. a, uh, a a UK based um, um, turf core yeah. uh, piece of shit film here. <laughs> well, this is this is particularly to scare the turfs okay. over in England. That's right. Someone has recently unearthed the tomb in Egypt. And they've brought out the mummified corpse of a former uh, Egyptian king. He's brought to to England, of course, because it's their possession. You know, obviously, they were they were the whitest people nearby, so they own it now. Sure, um, it's theirs. They found it. Yeah, and it, it it's put on display as the mummy. Mmm, that's not gonna fly. The turfs walking by, they see the word king and then mummy, and they're like, Oi! Oi! What's all this thing? Oi there! That's a man there, can't be a mummy! Not can it? That's a daddy, not a mum! I won't be having it! He's wearing trousers! And this this pisses the mummy off so much that he starts killing turfs. Okay, okay, this is great. I like where this is going. It's pretty great, yeah. yeah. J.K. Rowling has a Twitter, like a Twitter rant about Oy. yeah how it's actually the daddy or yeah. 
yeah, like something about biology or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, looks like someone's at the door. This is all playing out through tweets. Looks like yeah, someone's yeah. at the door. Oh, no, I'm running for my life. <laughs> Arg. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah, the end for her. Yeah. And then the like end it. of the movie. It's a happy ending. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Honestly, it's like the bad guy's the good guy in this case. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the, the mummy. mummy. Yeah. yeah. Don't assume his gender. I like it. <laughs> That's the tagline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good, man. Well, I want to hear your all's twists on these classic Universal Monsters over on our social media outlets. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Join up our Facebook group. It's the only reason to use that godforsaken social oh, yeah. media site. Absolutely. Definitely join up with us. Hang out there and uh, tell us your own ideas for how you would spend these monstrous creations. Yeah. Tell us yeah. all about them. Yeah, I'm sure there's like ton more out there that we didn't think about. Like uh the um con the 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 content creator from the Black Lagoon. Ooh, he's doing this uh this new um let's see, it's like an oyster opening video. I'm unboxing this oyster <laughs> yeah. down at the bottom of the lake or something, right? I had to find I had to find an otter for it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's doing like conspiracy theory videos about like uh, the Loch Ness monster and stuff. Right, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's ASMR a sea monster bubbles video. Who, like believes in other sea monsters, but isn't sure they exist. That's cool. I like. It. Actually, you know what? There's layers right there. Yeah, uh, I like it a whole lot. <laughs> the the Phantom of the Opera. I think that she oh, can't okay. get rid of Tom Cruise, uh-huh. and he's just like swinging from a couch that's suspended from the <laughs> ceiling the whole time. Phantom of the Opera is Tom Cruise. It's just Tom Cruise, yeah. But it's also like even further down into the catacombs you go, you find like Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz just like sucking the lifeblood out of children or something. (laughs) And she has to live with her shame for introducing them to the world, right? uh, That's part of of her phantomness. As well as Tom Cruise <laughs> swinging on the chandelier. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some good ones here that I think that we're probably missing out on. So yeah. let us know about those over on the Facebook group. Now, Steve, we are here today to be talking about Hank and Frooker from Hank 19 and, and 90. This was a Patreon pick, judged, yeah. uh, or sorry, not judged, chosen by one of our loyal and lovely yeah. Patreon supporters. Yeah, Chance uh, put this in the bowl. Uh, he said it was his birthday last month and that, like he wanted it for his birthday movie or whatever. Uh, it didn't work out last month, but it, it got pulled this month. So fashionably uh, happy late, late birthday! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, happy late birthday. The cool thing about telling somebody happy late birthday is that you'll be correct like yeah. 364 days out Always. of the year. You can tell that to anybody anytime, even if it's happy coming up like the next day. Yeah, you're you're getting them for last year. You're not getting them for yeah. next year. Yeah, it, exactly. And honestly, I mean, you know, even if it is just by chance their birthday. Right. And you're like, oh, well, what time were you born? Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, 8 a.m. this morning? You're like, happy late birthday. Yep. I wasn't right on time to tell you, so happy late birthday. It works all the time. Fuck. So, yeah, just that's a little life advice. Yeah. Life pro tip. Always say happy late birthday to everyone. Why not? Yeah. So, this movie came out in 1990. I have not seen it since 20 and 22. I just watched it for the first time uh, the mm-hmm. other morning there. Have you seen this film before? Yeah, um, the first time I saw it, though, was uh, earlier this year on the last drive-in Valentine's Day special. Rad. So, yeah, got to see it and see Frank Henenlotter. Actually, 
my entire Frank Hennenlotter experience has been through The Last Drive-In. They have done really? three of his movies. Yep. I did not see uh, Basket Case before they did it on Last Drive-In. I, That's a normal movie. <laughs> it's a very normal movie. I, I also saw Brain Damage through The Last Drive-In. Also normal movie. Super normal. Yeah. yeah. Frank Hennenlotter, noted normal man. <laughs> yeah, I do have this, just since we're talking about The Last Drive-In, this is a quote from, from Joe Bob himself. One of the strangest guys I know, he said about Frank Hennenlotter, and they're neighbors, so he knows them really well. Wow. Uh, and he knows a lot of strange people. They're neighbors? Yeah. Yeah. He said it. Yeah. He said on the last drive in that they are neighbors. So, man, what are those cookouts like, huh? <laughs> Probably pretty rad, honestly. Probably pretty fucking yeah. rad. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to go to there for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So, his movies, dude, like, are just bizarre like i've only seen basket case i think that might be the only other one that i've seen i know of um was it brain uh brain damage damage. Mm -hmm. i know of it but i've never seen it i've seen some clips and stuff from it it and Mm -hmm. from knowing what i know about those two flicks and watching frankenhooker i can tell you for sure the guy has a really bizarre but unique and singular style like it's it's closest cousin would definitely be trauma it is trauma Esque. Yeah, though I don't think that it like I don't think that he he's not like trying necessarily to push uh boundaries in in the exact same ways they are. He's really just yeah. making exploitation movies that are kind of goofy and silly but like also I don't know, they have they have heart to them. Like I'd say Basket Case has heart. This has heart. There are mm-hmm. characters that you come to care for, whereas trauma movies, you got just like kind of a lot of ridiculous character types. But yeah, this is, uh, I mean, yeah, Hen and Lauder's uh, aesthetic is very much just like, um, let's, let's get a lot of nudity in there. Let's have some really cool, like weird effects. Um, definitely, I think that um, this movie, because like, I mean, this is, this is, a movie that he pitched in the room having never thought of it before like he had another <laughs> idea that he was pitching and they didn't want it and so they you know the producer asked if he if he had anything else and of course i mean honestly like the advice to any writer uh always have some backup ideas because uh, if they say, do you have anything else? It's, you know, you got an opportunity. So he took his opportunity and just started making some shit up. Um, on the spot. On the spot. And uh, he, he he went through this like whole kind of story. And uh, the producer loved it. I was like, great. Sounds awesome. Uh, anything else you want to do? And he was like, uh, Basket Case 2. And the producer was like, great. So greenlit both of them. And uh, this and Basket Case 2 were shot like three weeks apart. Same oh, sets shit. and everything. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so two things about that. I wonder what the movie that they passed on was that they said yes to Frankenhooker afterwards. <laughs> I, I should I should have written that down because I believe he said in the behind the scenes documentary what it was, but um, <laughs> might have been Bantam I, of the Opera. Could have probably. <laughs> and then the producers like we can't get the rights to the Muppets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think like. Um, you know he he came up with this which is like you know a, a simple sort of story about uh instead of uh you know uh, a frankenstein making uh you know this 
man out of, of criminal parts or whatever. Uh, he's uh, Frankenstein making a woman out of sex worker parts. And the, the, the comedy kind of writes itself, right? Like, there's just a lot of absurdity with him obtaining parts and coming up with super crack and all those other things. <laughs> so, like, the absurdity kind of writes itself after that. Uh, but this would be like, you know, it it's, it's completely absurd and obviously, as I said, pitched, you know, kind of off the cuff and not developed a ton beyond that. Like, you know, just developed enough to be a story. Uh, it's interesting, though, to, to look at it and see, like, it's, it's not overtly doing comedy. It's just relying on absurdity. And it kind of has a couple of things to say that I think are, are cool. Like specifically about sex workers and sex workers having rights mm. and about women, uh, women being consumed as like parts as mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. not, not as a person as a whole, it doesn't go deep into those things. I don't think No. Mm -mm. but it's there. It's there. There's something there. And definitely people have, have uh, caught on to it because it has, gained like you know not only did it have a, a cult audience at the time on video uh but it's it's gained even more of a cult audience as people have kind of recognized like oh you've got like this central heroine who is a monster made up of women parts and kind of like takes back control uh and and this man who made her into her, her like his dream woman gets his comeuppance and uh, is put into a woman's body and has to experience that feeling. Yeah, it's um, kind of a power reversal there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so like uh, there, there's something here, even though in reality, it is a silly, silly movie. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> Where There's is. a plate full of titties at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and exploding hookers and all kinds yes. of other ridiculous shit. Dude, the, the opening of the movie is what really informed me about the kind of movie I was going to be watching where you have what's it is Jeff is his name right yeah uh -huh. uh, our, our yeah, main Je character yeah, Jeffrey, here. Jeffrey Franken played yeah. by uh, uh, James Lawrence who is great. totally channeling Michael Moriarty yes. plus uh, Jeffrey Combs or yeah. something yeah it's like it really yeah it feels like uh, yeah kind of like uh, Jeffrey Combs in reanimator and Michael Moriarty in life uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in anything, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get the impression that he's this, like, failed tinkering scientist, and he's messing with this, like, brain eyeball <laughs> yeah. creature. <laughs> yeah, that is a reference to kind of, sort of, a little bit of the inspiration for the 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 film. I, I can't remember what the name of it is. The, bra the Brain in a Jar or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um it is it, kind of homage to that but it's interesting because like yeah he's just tinkering with this brain and nobody comments on it it's not weird it's normal but he would say, be tinkering like, with a brain with an eyeball <laughs> at her his his girlfriend's family Mom's picnic family for her picnic. dad's yeah. birthday or whatever <laughs> yes. it's like everybody just acts like this is entirely normal yep. and that that's the thing about this movie is it kind of breaks the ice right away to be yep. like nothing in this is going to be normal no like everybody yeah. just goes with whatever is happening and that's fine and then yep. we have like that whole scene where he had built the dad this remote control lawnmower right and she's like the girlfriend or fiance rather uh elizabeth is like tinkering with the controls and just gets lawn mowed uh-huh <laughs> 
It's so <laughs> stupid, dude. I I was then, cracking up, man. Then the journalist, like the news lady reporting it, is like so brutal. She's like, oh, dude, a veritable human soup. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing left but jelly. jelly. I said jelly was all that was left. Something like that. Like it's yeah. so over the top and gruesome and gory as shit, man. Yeah. I think James, uh, the the fact that like James Lawrence always plays it really straight, yeah, uh, helps keep it from because that's I I'd say like trauma, trauma always has like a clear like wink to it. Not always because trauma you know is is varied, but I think a lot of the more mainstream trauma movies always ha- always have like a, a wink implied to them. Like everybody knows like oh this is supposed to be silly or whatever, but like this is silly. But everybody's playing it straight. Everybody's just playing it like, yeah, no, this is a world where <laughs> this is normal and everything that happens in this is something that might just happen to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I love, too, that like while he's doing his his scientific experiments on that brain in a jar, he's using like a fucking hammer and like a yeah, screwdriver. Like, he has like a toolbox. Just box. like hitting a scalpel into the brain to see what happens. <laughs> And, like, yeah. none of that ever gets explained. Like, what the fuck no, is this? Where did it, it come does, from? Well, okay, but it... Okay, so... Watching it through this most recent time that I watched it, I noticed that it's actually a good storytelling device because it kind of shows that he's already working in that realm of, like, brain activity. Yeah. And then, like, he then is doing the same thing to himself with, like, the drill and, like, trying to stimulate certain areas... Yeah, of yeah. the brain like very harshly so that that kind of comes back into play but then the eyeball brain later is shown to have like kind of relaxed and it seems more in like control of itself mm-hmm. which then is kind of foreshadowing to what happens with elizabeth who at first only says stuff that the the uh sex worker parts said earlier so like she's made up of all these different sex workers and her lines after she comes to life are all lines that they said earlier Mm -hmm. and then later her brain starts to work the way that the other started to work and now she becomes herself again so like that that brain bit is is a it seems like a little weirdness that doesn't need to be there but it does do a good job of foreshadowing some things that happen in the movie yeah yeah he's been tinkering with the brain and so forth yeah, and there's kind of that setup at the start of the movie where Elizabeth is, like, really concerned about her weight, and, like, her mom is giving her yeah. shit about how she needs to lose weight and lay off the pretzels. The pretzels I like how that right. was the specific thing, it's like, yeah. lay off the pretzels, but... Yeah, like, pretzels will get you, right? <laughs> yeah, and she's wearing this, like, ridiculous fat suit under this Which jumper kind of thing. Only makes it look like she's got ass. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it's like, because, like, it's a 90s, like fucking tracksuit type of thing so like i guess they put some stuff up top but it just looks like it normally would look which was like puffy and stuff and then yeah it just makes it look like she's got a a big ass which is like right now watching it from 2022 it's like what the fuck are they talking about and yeah right (laughs) uh frank hennenlotter like he he said like yeah we should have put stuff on her face to kind of give her you know double chin so there's more of an appearance of that but mm-hmm. it's like, I think it kind of establishes this absurdity even better that we're just looking at this gorgeous woman and people are like, she's fat. And it's like, what? 
Yeah, what yeah, and he, and he has like plans of this about? way to rebuild her better. Like that again was a moment in the movie that let me know what the tone was gonna be. Is when yeah. he's he's like talking to her, her disembodied head, and he's right. like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a new body, and it'll it'll look like this." And he unveils that sheet of paper, and it's like just this shitty, like half-ass cutout of her face, just pasted onto like some yeah. big titty model like it it yeah. totally reminded me of something you'd see fucking like dennis on sunny dude like that's a <laughs> dennis move for sure 100 percent. now that's okay so that's a thing about this that like it's a a real good job of characterization uh where basically we're being shown that you know he he says that he misses elizabeth but the body he's building for her is not her body like he wants her face on someone else's body yeah and her head maybe her personality maybe some of who she was on someone else's body so it's it's really more about just control and wanting someone to to like be this perfect woman for him uh, and she instantly rejects that and just like <laughs> she's saying want a date and like want a party got any money you got any money and like knocks him out of the way when he doesn't yeah uh i think i think that's all great because it kind of like being this movie being kind of pro-sex work which uh you know is is sort of reflected in that uh, morton downey jr homage segment where you have the the sex worker talking about the organization hooker which is what is it yeah hold on to our <laughs> knowledge of equal rights um, which is it, great that was kind of an odd beat in the movie for me where i was like why are we taking a break to watch this like you know yeah. 90s uh talk show kind of thing talking about these real issues and yeah. it's just it's here and there and it's gone but then you're like oh they were actually saying something right yeah there. she was yeah she was making a serious point it's a pro sex work point about legalizing uh sex work and and like this movie really does seem to have that like she she becomes made up of all these sex workers and then like later when she gets her mind back she says all these women are inside of me and she kind of becomes this representation of sex workers and getting empowered and and like being like detached from this pimp who gets killed at the end by all the woman parts so like there is like a little bit of like a, a cool very interesting pro sex work message going on in this really uh goofy movie yeah and you could even say that bleeds into the casting as well because i, yeah. I guess henelotter got uh workers from uh like a strip bar to yeah, yeah. be uh-huh. the prostitutes in this movie yeah he yeah there are uh got him sag cards and everything yeah he got exactly that's the thing henelotter's fucking great he didn't just go like we're going to get you know some some uh some dancers and and some uh uh whatnot he he got them and got them sag cards like awesome. that's so fucking cool um but yeah yeah so you got you've got uh dancers and and uh porn actresses in in those scenes like um and and then like the 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 movie doesn't like it doesn't demonize uh sex work it actually shows that he has to destroy part of his brain to convince himself to even feel okay letting them know he has super crack which he invented which <laughs> makes crack. you explode like like he feels terrible about it so he has to like 
go to extreme lengths to get himself to do a, do it. So the movie's not telling us like these are useless, disposable people. Like a lot of times, sex workers would be portrayed in movies. Like yeah, it, it's sure. showing like even this dude who's says that he's like becoming a moral, like that he has that speech to his mom that he's like he doesn't can't tell the difference between right and wrong. Even then, he still feels like empathy toward these women and can't just kill them. So and like, I thought his his attitude towards the super crack was also kind of telling as far as that goes too, where he's just like, ah, the drugs are going to kill him anyway. They're already going to be doing this anyway. I'm just speeding right. up the process. Just seems like the kind of dehumanizing tactic exactly that people yeah. take towards yeah sex workers and other other yeah. people. And and like the movie also like it's not really demonizing drugs because the crack isn't what kills them. It's the super crack that he makes to <laughs> kill them that kills yeah. them. Like, yeah, I, I think the movie does just a real good job of not like having this like judgmental view on these, uh, you know, more fringe things, especially in 1990 to take, to take that view. It's really, yeah. Cool. Yeah. In the height of the fucking crack epidemic in right. the, uh, the yeah. inner cities and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, so Hennenlotter, like, I, I love that he does this, and, like, he, you know, Basket Case and this are very much um, New York City in the late 80s, where it's just oh, grimy. And, I was going to say, like, yeah. that is one thing I would I would use to describe his work is just grimy, grimy <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, if you want to get a good idea of what New York City looked like, felt like, smelled like in yeah. this era, it's like you watch movies like this, Basket Case, uh-huh. um maniac yeah maniac for sure it's dude it's hard to believe like i was in new york city around times square broadway and stuff just a few months ago yeah and it's just families and tourists yeah Yeah, and and to know that like the new york that i see in frankenhooker and these other movies i just mentioned like that existed when i was a kid yeah like this isn't even one of those like Back when the Wright brothers were creating their aeroplane, yeah, <laughs> New York was a New York den of scum conser- and villainy. Yeah, I think it's the New York that conservatives think still exists. Yeah, but, right, <laughs> right. But it's like, yeah, like the there's a joke in this movie that I think you just can't get unless you understand the context that Times Square was not a tourist attraction in 1990. It was where all the peep shows and stuff were. So when he runs into that guy and he's, you know, he's like, what are you Swedish talking Swedish to me on Times Square? Like the, the joke there is there would never be a tourist on Times Square. Right. Yeah. Like even I'd say 10 years later, that joke doesn't make sense because I went to, um, I went to, uh, New York city in 2001. So it's 11 years after this movie. And Times Square was just completely touristy. Yeah, Disney and billboards and yeah. fucking Ruby Tuesdays and shit. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Hen and Lauder really captured a moment there of, like, the pre-crackdown uh, on, on all the porn places in Times Square and then, you know, corporate takeover and whatnot. Yeah. And I wonder why that was. Like, I wonder if... If he wanted to kind of commemorate that version of New York City yeah. that once existed, that I know a lot of people still fondly remember when New yeah, York was absolutely. fucking gritty and greasy. Like, I don't know if he was putting that into his movies as a way of being like, let's make this look fucking filthy and disgusting. No, like, it's a just saw his movie. experience. Like, he, yeah, like, uh, he, he talked about how 
some of the idea for Frankenhooker uh, probably came from when he was he was working on editing and he would he would go uh you know he was he was down there around 42nd Street and he um he would go at night to like go grab something for Burger King or whatever and he would see all the sex workers across the street and stuff and like that that was just his lived experience living in New York like he was a New Yorker he is a New oh, Yorker really? so like, yeah so like that's his experience so to him it's just capturing the world um and now looking back on it it's like oh that's actually significant that he captured all this griminess and and, and uh grittiness that just isn't there anymore yeah 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 it's a interesting kind of time capsule to look back and be like this was not that long ago and it was right. so fucking different man yeah yep. everything in this movie just looks like it'd be fucking sticky if you touched it um <laughs> as soon as you get into yes. the city like the suburbs and stuff are fine but like all the stuff in the city everything looks so just gross and gritty and dilapidated yep. and disgusting yep. the uh, sultry man, it arms been hotel. crazy yeah, yeah it must have been so fucking crazy just to live there back then yeah, I, yeah, it, it definitely. I can see why. Uh, if you were living through that period, you would be disgusted by the changes. Yeah, that's <laughs> not the world you like wanted, you up with. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's cool to watch movies like this, man, and just see that view of how the cities and stuff once were. What do you think about the 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 titular Frankenhooker herself, there, Patty oh, Mullen? Man. I was really surprised to see She's that so she good. hasn't done a lot of work because because she's, she's great. really great yeah. yeah yeah she's also in doom asylum which i think came out uh, a couple years before this uh and doom asylum is great so like she's, she's like she's, i think a, a penthouse model yeah, or something before she was that. yeah she was playmate of the month uh in in august of 86 i believe and then she was or not playmate but uh, uh what is it penthouse pet of the month and mm-hmm. the penthouse uh, pet of the year in 1989 so hmm. she she um you know she had that and then this and it's like it seems like there there could have been a career there um uh, i'm not really sure exactly why she stepped away but she didn't really do anything but uh, she apparently is going to be in a movie coming up this year um oh. yeah i can't remember what it was called but it's it's coming out this year so okay. i'm interested That's cool. to see cuz i i think she's amazing in this she's she does yeah. a, a great job of playing the like you know, uh, the brain trying to deal with all these different, I guess, thoughts and things that are coming from the different parts she's made up of. And she's really like really cute, really funny. Like she, she, she does an amazing job. She's gorgeous. And she has that physicality where she's not afraid to, to look silly or act yeah, stupid, it's great. you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of that like John Hamm thing where it's like, yes. you're <laughs> a hunk, but not afraid to act stupid, right? which is just super <laughs> cool to see. Yeah. Kind of gave me vibes of like, um, I don't like Denise Richards and like Tammy and the T Rex yeah. and stuff. Oh, where she's it's so like, great. yeah, obviously stunning, but also willing really to funny. act really yeah. stupid and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that she was great in this, man. I think Me the too. entire look of the Frankenhooker is cool. I love how so they good, yeah. they have that entire like that purple theme that plays uh-huh. through with with she's everything got the with purple the purple uh, nipples, the purple hair. Yeah, she was and, and like to... the purple liquid that the brain is in. Yeah, and yeah. the parts stay in the estrogen based blood serum or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. There was a, a shot of her uh, purple pubic hair as well, uh, but oh, yeah? Frank Hennenlotter cut it because he thought it made the scene less funny. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Too, huh. too sexy, I guess, to be funny. Um, I like how they tied that all together, though. The purple is yeah. like a theme for that character. And I got to tell you, too, man, I think the 
the makeup that they did on her body, like showing the different skin tones yeah, and like the different uh-huh. stages of like decay. Like her 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 torso looks like more kind of mottled and yeah. decayed mm-hmm. than the rest of her. It's and cool. then like she's got the one like really bright white hand and her face looks really bright white, but she has other colors on other parts of her. Yeah. And the stitching and all that shit. Like I think the makeup is actually better than it needed to be, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. It, this is um Makeup's done by Gabe Bartalos, who has worked on a ton of stuff, including the Friday 13th series, uh, Gremlins 2, uh, all, all sorts of big TCM 2, um, all sorts Sick. of big stuff. This is his first time taking the lead as the makeup's person, and it's clear that like they focused on making the Frankenhooker look look really like good and, and sort of like natural. Whereas other things, I feel like they were going a little more silly, maybe. Like, they were trying to be... Because, like, Patty Mullen is making all the faces and stuff, making Frankenhooker silly. But the makeup itself, it just looks good. Um, Yeah, it does. Yeah, but everything else is a little more silly. Like, a a plate full of titties, and then, like, a a titty monster with fingers coming out of it, and uh, a torso (laughs) monster with a, a pussy mouth. Like, all that stuff... It, it looks it looks great, but it's also not trying to be fully anatomically accurate. Those and, like body part mutants that we had later in the movie gave me yeah. huge like Brian using a vibes for sure. Yes. Like that was some society yeah. shit. Yes, that's what Emily said immediately. She was like, "This is like society," and yeah, it is uh, so much like society. Which fuck, we got to do that movie. It's so good. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but some yeah, of those other but, effects that you're talking about, like let's say the uh, the exploding hookers, for example. <laughs> uh, after they take the the super crack, and there's this huge montage of the hookers like partying, just and shaking shit, titties and, around and kissing and stuff. Yeah. I love that he gets all like conservative. They turn that boombox yeah. on, and he's like, "Not that music. That's Not the, the devil's, devil's music." music. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you do things you shouldn't do. Yeah, or something telling like that. you to use your bodies in ways you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but whenever they're all like exploding, it's super ridiculous because it just looks like mannequins that are full of like fucking yeah. fireworks that you got that's from the That's exactly tent. Like, what it is. <laughs> well, that's why, huh? <laughs> yeah, they look. I mean, the thing is, the mannequins do look okay. You yeah. don't want to show them for long, which is why. The editing, you know, is a quick, like, uh, you know, last... Kind of jump cut, yeah. Yeah, jump cut of them, like, trying to be in the position that their dummies were in. Yeah. They did uh, a pretty good job of that. The frames yeah, match up pretty damn good, man. Yeah, I think, it, like, you know, the thing is, if it looked too good, it wouldn't be as funny. I think it's, I like, know, right? way funny that it just looks like a dummy exploding from fireworks. And the thing about it is, too, is if it would have looked too good, this would have got an NC-17 rating, yeah. which they were trying to yeah. avoid. Yeah. They had to, I, I think in the R-rated version, they had to cut one of the explosions to get the R rating. <laughs> it's like, why? Why that You can one? blow up six hookers, yeah, but certainly that's okay. not seven. Yeah, it's have so some ridiculous. dignity, and, sir. Well, the thing, like, I love this. Uh, Hennenlauter, I, I love Frank Hennenlauter, but very specifically the fact that he just speaks his mind. Uh, and he, he called the MPAA an impossible organization and said they're just a front for the majors. Uh, and they are. Ooh. The MPAA is bullshit. Like, they they don't care. They'll give a rating. As long as you give them money, they'll give you the PG-13 rating you're wanting or the R rating you're wanting or whatever it is you're wanting, they'll give it to you. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah, we've seen that time and time again with horror movies yep. that have been butchered by the MPAA. Then there's like a fucking Marvel movie that features way worse, and it's PG. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Just Hulk slaughtering people, and it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, PG. It's Marvel, PG. It. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some of the effects in this, like you said, do look like bad kind of on purpose and in a, a yeah. way that suits the movie. And then there's other effects that I saw that was like, that was better than it needed to be. Like the scene mm-hmm. whenever uh, Zorro, the pimp, like yeah, punches her head off and her head like, f- yeah, it looks like great. falls backwards, but and it's still lightning like blinking and stuff. Yeah, that was good. That was pretty awesome, man. I liked it. Uh, I like the reanimation scene. I like any anytime they they throw in the lightning. I like it. It looks cool. The purple lightning. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool, man. Um, I will say though, you know, one one thing about this, as far as like how awesome uh, Patty Mullen was as as Frankenhooker, I wish that she would have gotten the movie earlier. It's like almost an it's hour into this. In, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the movie's only like an hour twenty, so right. it's like yeah. she only really gets. 20 minutes of the movie to shine and she's really great i just yeah i wish that it kind of would have gotten there a little faster, bit quicker so we just could have yeah. had more of her yeah i mean because i i think that uh james lawrence does because he's carrying the movie most of the time by himself just talking to himself um and i think he does a great job of it but yeah it wouldn't have been a bad idea to have her show up i don't know 45 minutes just 10 minutes earlier and maybe take some of the to take some of the pressure off James Lawrence to carry the entire movie because she's great. And yeah, 10, 15, 20 more minutes of her would have been even better, I feel like. Yeah, I think so too, man. And yeah, you're right. Our main character there, Jeff, like he is the main character and he is yeah. doing things that he thinks are right, I suppose, yeah. by trying to but bring back his, uh, his woman. But yeah, he's he's the bad guy entirely. Yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of shaping this idea of what he wants her to come back as rather yeah. than what she was while she was here. Yeah. And he like, like the implication being like, you know, you could kind of excuse and be like, Oh, well like he's, he's just trying to make sure the body works or whatever. And like, maybe he doesn't care so much about the parts, but there's a very much a scene where he's just like <laughs> exploring sex workers parts like yeah <laughs> it's very much about him fulfilling his own uh uh fantasies to the point where it's like clearly that it's not just about life because if it was just about life when she reanimates him with a woman's body if it had just been about life he'd be so appreciative that he's now alive like Instead, oh, he's my like, body doesn't happen yeah where's my johnson <laughs> yeah like he to him it's like a fate worse than death but he didn't expect her to also maybe not be happy about being given an entirely different body. Like, yeah, he's very much the villain and the movie very much like gives him his comeuppance that if he, if he had been sincere, he would just be happy to be alive and they could figure out maybe how to get him back in his own body and maybe get her back in her own body. You know, one of the the funniest things I think that he did in the movie and it's so subtle, but for some reason it cracked me up. There's that part early on in the flick when he is reading her that that poem. He's reading the severed head that poem. Uh-huh. And it's like really shitty and cliche uh-huh. and he reads it and then the last line is the end. <laughs> I wish that more poems concluded the with end. the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's such a subtle joke but it's so stupid that it, it cracked is. me up. Yeah, the this movie end. This movie is co-written by Bob Martin, who was the original editor of Fangoria magazine. Oh. Um, and Bob, so Frank Henenlotter had 
ask Bob Martin to do the novelization of the movie Brain Damage. And he told him he didn't have to follow the story of the movie. He could do whatever the hell he wanted with it. Oh. So Bob Martin wrote this really weird novelization of Brain Damage. I want to read it now that I've heard about this. But really weird novelization of of Brain Damage. And Frank Hennenlotter loved it. So he, you know, invited him to to co-write this movie with him. And uh, Frank Hennenlotter said that that Bob Martin wrote that that poem uh, very specifically. You know, the way you were saying, like to be funny, it's it's clearly like a bad poem, <laughs> but it's yeah. like really funny that he's reciting this bad poem to this severed head. <laughs> That's so funny, man! And like the head cut out on like the clear like anatomical body, and yeah. It's all just so stupid. He has like her headshot on that like that big body that he's drawn at on the paper. Yeah, he's like you know writing on all the, the circuit diagrams and shit for. Uh-huh. There's just so many little things like this that are subtly stupid. He like yep. <laughs> he's got all those pictures on the wall over, and he like one of them's crooked, and he straightens it, but it's like still crooked. Yeah, he straightens it to be crooked, and all the others what? are crooked as well. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the point of some of that shit? It's just absurd for the sake of being that way, which is very yeah. much a, a trauma thing in a lot of ways. I think um, also just, you know, looking for any sort of deeper meaning in in the movie, there is an interesting thing where you have the, you have the two faces of toxic masculinity. You have uh, Zorro, the pimp, who is this, like, you know, super pumped up, uh, muscular guy beefcake beefcake guy uh very much like you know um uh selling women's bodies and profiting off of it and stuff like that so Branding very clear yeah very clear overt toxic masculinity and then on the other side you have uh, uh jeffrey who while he says that he just wants his wife back or whatever he clearly wants a dream woman that he makes out of out of parts he's very much just consuming the parts of women in the same way as zorro uh yeah. he just puts a sensitive mask over it well and he's using that justification of they're gonna die anyway right exactly he doesn't care he's he's very mm. much a misogynist he's just put he has to have his excuses he puts his little sensitive mask over it and makes it seem like oh i'm a good one but he's not hmm that's like kind of strangely still relevant yeah. maybe more relevant <laughs> right maybe more relevant than it was yeah <laughs> yep. damn dude that scene where he's like yeah scoping out all the uh, all the sex workers and he puts that like big check mark on that girl's butt with like a sharpie and then later on frankenhooker has like that check mark on her butt like stuff like that's just yeah. funny continuity it is it is funny yeah <laughs> i yeah i i love that like i love that she does get to become smart too at the end like she comes back to herself and even though she's disappointed to have lost her body she kind of seems to accept it that like oh this is good and even though like he you know has clearly shown his creepiness she's still like in love with him like you can see why um maybe he had this obsession with her as a person it's like she seems like a great person you don't mm-hmm. get a lot of her pre-death. All we get is her, you know, eating some pretzels and then getting lawnmowered to death. <laughs> but she seems like this great person that really loves him, and he seems like this piece of shit who, like, kind of got very lucky with a person who really loved him, and then he still wasn't satisfied. 
Yeah, definitely yeah. seems that way. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It does kind of give you those two different views of of uh, toxic masculinity in this movie. But yeah. again, deeper than it needed to be. It's and it's not like super super heavy or super yeah, in your no, face, it but it's like it's definitely there. You know? Yeah, and it does do the. I mean, that's a fun thing at the end too, because like. You know, this is very much a Frankenstein-inspired movie, not just in title, but in, in events. Um, and to have at the end, basically, the bride of Frankenstein sort of homage to the hus- the husband of Frankenhooker, um, and, you know, him having the same sort of reaction to being reanimated as, as the bride of Frankenstein, of just shock and terror. Like, that's... That's fun. I mean, it's, you don't have to do this for this <laughs> silly, absurd movie to keep kind of close to the source material, but he did. And, you yeah. know, he even named uh, Elizabeth uh, Shelley after after Mary Shelley. So there, right. there's yeah, some homage yeah. there. It's fun. Uh, I think the sets and stuff were also, again, better yeah. than they needed to be. Like yeah, the laboratory set in the garage. Lab set's like, really good. Mm-hmm. Everything looks pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it cracked me up when he pulled out that, like, giant spark plug out of the back of his car it's just a huge spark plug yeah, he's like i gotta have what? this for some reason yeah, what the what? fuck i don't know it's so ridiculous but the set for the lab looks pretty legit to yeah, me i cool. mean and i know they were not working on a big budget at all so no. i think they worked well with what they had yeah they did i think that's like that's one of the things that like when you look at and you know don't not to get off on another anti-cgi rant because you know cgi can be used really well and be done very artistically or whatever um but uh when you just fall back on well computers will do it you don't get the charm of like the you know titty tentacle monster like you don't (laughs) get that real cool like interesting thing where despite the fact that you know you're seeing an effect you don't care whereas with cgi when you know you're seeing an effect that's all you can think about (laughs) yeah yeah i agree man i agree uh what do you think of the pacing of the movie i felt like there were i mean it's obviously brief it's like an hour 20 but yeah i still feel like there were scenes in here that they were kind of stretching out um that Mm -hmm. probably could have used a little bit of tightening up even just like little stuff like when he's putting all the the leftover body parts in the freezer. Of course, that's going to come back later in an important way, but it's like, I don't necessarily need to watch that in real time. Like him putting every single part in there. Yeah. Maybe the scene in the hotel room with, with all the, the sex workers, like leading up to the, the, them exploding. That's, it's pretty long, which I mean, it's, it's definitely in the hen and lauder, like exploitation handbook of like, well, yeah, we're going to spend, five minutes of just showing titties like (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah that that is definitely a little long and not not necessary for sure but it it gives it flair yeah i think so but those are those are probably my biggest complaints about the movie is just that i I wish that she would have gotten in it earlier and that some of those scenes could have used a little bit of tightening up but like yeah otherwise I was entertained. It was yeah. it was stupid fun that you yeah. can kind of think about more, you know, later if you want to and see some deeper meanings in some of the stuff here or just yeah. enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> I, yeah, go ahead and tip my my hand there. This I think yeah. this movie's great. It's amazing. Yeah. You got any other uh any insights you want to dump out on this thing? You want to go ahead and slap a number on it? No, I think I think uh I'm ready to to rate this. I think this is um 
you know, uh, I like Frank Henenlotter. I like uh, what he does. I like how, just in general, the late 80s, early 90s was a weird era of of horror uh, where we got a lot of strange stuff like this that's kind of like you're in the petering days of the uh, effects era. Um, you know, once you get to stuff like Scream and whatnot, we're not talking about heavy effects. We're talking about, you know, more story-driven and... And you can just show the aftermath of a kill or whatever. Whereas this is still a time where you want to show the stuff. You want to have everything on screen. And uh, it's just, it's a weird little movie full of absurdity. Well done. Like the the two leads, uh, James Lawrence and Patty Mullen are fucking great. They do an amazing job of carrying the comedy. Um, The movie also just does a great job of keeping me entertained (laughs) like you just how could you not be entertained when you see uh that little old man who just gets so excited when frankenhooker starts bossing him around (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) gets his head exploded off by her electric coochie and it's still a smile on his face absolutely yeah. loved it like just a funny fucking movie i really enjoy it um is it mind-blowing no uh you know it's got some interesting stuff to say uh that's good i like that but uh yeah it's it's not the most mind-blowing movie you're ever gonna run into but it's it's a fun fucking time and i love it i'm gonna say this for me is like a seven half to an eight Okay. Wow. High praise, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It is just a fun, stupid movie. It is, again, kind of a close cousin to like a trauma type film. So if you yep. know that kind of humor, that's kind of what you're what you're getting into here. It feels a little less exploitive than a lot of the trauma stuff gets. Like yeah. a lot of the trauma stuff just gets like, let's be insulting and degrading just yeah. to be that way. Yeah, absolutely. This is like a little bit above that for sure. Yeah. And again, you just get that that early '90s, late '80s. New York grime. I mean, where else are you going to get that, you know? Yeah, good point. Uh, It's a fun time. Enjoy it. Even if you don't like it that much, it's not going to take all day to watch. I'm going to say for me, this is, I'm going to say like a six. It's a cut above. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, a fun one. A great suggestion from the old Patreon smoking bowl. If you want to get your movie drawn, perhaps even at the end of next month, as we do these at the end of the month, every single month, uh, you can sign up today to our Patreon page at the $5 a month level. Isn't that right? Yeah, head on over there, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah, become a patron on any level. You get access to the Patreon exclusive episodes, which, you know, we just recently did the, the... Addendeller, where Ben and I uh, uh, did a little addendum episode to the Halloween Ends mini-sode that uh, Ben Ben and Kate did a couple weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, become a patron on a $5 level. You get to submit a movie to the Smoke and Bowl, and then we draw from the Smoke and Bowl, and then we cover that movie, and it's a great time like this one was. Every single time. Every single time. That's right. So sign up, and you'll get to get your movie picked there next month i can't believe next month is november that's fucked up it's crazy it's been what? so fast Ugh. yeah no kidding man but yeah don't delay sign up today also hang out with us on our facebook group that's where you're going to get all the uh details and stuff about our november 4th meetup here in knoxville tennessee so hang out with us there share some good memes and have a good time with all them dead and lovelies over there and uh yeah follow us on other social medias just find our link tree page and uh check out our instagram twitter 
all that business. And be sure to tune in to next week's episode, which I'm I'm excited about because this is one of those ones that was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. My brother Same. and I, especially myself, if like my brother was at a you know slumber party or whatever, I would rent this one all the time simply because yeah. I loved the characters and the setting and the fact that like artwork was a big theme in the movie. Uh huh. Um, although I, I am definitely curious how it is going to stand up under the the watchful scrutinous eye of podcastery whenever we <laughs> review it next month, yeah. man. What are we going to be talking about? Ghostbusters two. Yeah, dude. Ghostbusters dose. Um, a movie that has so many super super memorable things, but also. I think probably falls apart after like five seconds of scrutiny, right? Uh, well, the last time I watched it, um, I, I still had a good time with it, but yeah, I think, I think maybe the story's not as tight, but Hey, I, I wasn't, I wasn't taking notes. Maybe while taking notes, I'll be like, Ghostbusters two is a goddamn work of genius. Could be, man. We'll mm-hmm. find out next week on the show. November's going to be fun. We got some no vampire picks yeah. coming up here uh-huh. really soon for you guys. Uh, a very special Thanksgiving oriented movie that we're going to do. Yeah. Got some fun ideas and stuff coming up. So be sure to stick with us and uh, catch those episodes when we be dropping them every single Tuesday for you guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Everybody, have a good time. All of the time. I've been your good buddy, Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. Okay, so I'm not usually a fan of when I listen to a podcast and people are just like reading stuff from like an article or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. But I came across an Instagram post earlier today from Clickhole that I just knew I had to share because I know there's so many people that might miss out on this if I don't read it on the air. So okay. buckle up, you're in for a good ride right here. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. So, Steve, the question is, how many of these things have you yelled while having mind-blowing sex with R.L. Stein? <laughs> okay. Okay? <laughs> it's a list. I'll try to read some of the hottest ones here, okay? Uh-huh, I'm excited. Fuck me until I can't read, you spooky four-eyed Romeo. (laughs) (laughs) I have yelled that one, yeah. (laughs) Hey, are you the guy who wrote Goosebumps? Cool. Now let's get back to having great sex. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Okay, so you're fucking R.L. Stein just based off of looks and personality. Totally. Then you you find out the bonus. This is R.L. Stein. Got Okay. You taught me to love reading, and now you've taught me to love docking. <laughs> I could see myself in a situation where I'm docking yeah. with R.L. Stein, sure. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? Yeah. Goddamn, R.L. Stein, you sure can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his wife says that a lot. I like this one. Scarier, R.L., kiss me scarier. <laughs> kiss me scarier (laughs) that's one of the fucking funniest sentences i've ever read kiss me scarier (laughs) so like Like, eyes wide open like weird grin just (laughs) maybe grunting or growling (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i like this entry awesome
<laughs> yeah, like no, somebody's yeah. fucking R.L. Stein, and they're just like, awesome. This is great. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Goosebumps books. Also, I'm all up in that butt. <laughs> Stephen King is a better writer than you, but far less sexually competent. I'd bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, this is not like a knowledge thing for sure. Stephen like King could one. like surprise you. You never know. You never know, man. <laughs> when I saw the TV adaptation of Goosebumps, I thought there is simply no way the author of the source material is good at sex. But now I know I was wrong. Very, very wrong. <laughs> this is all hot to say in a moment of passion. Yeah. With yeah. R.L. Stein. With Love R. L. them Stein. balls, Stein. Love them balls. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see. There's one right here that was fucking killing Listen, me, Listen, love them balls works for me. Like, I honestly, I'm, I'm going to bet R.L. <laughs> Stein would also like to be told love them balls. Who wouldn't want to hear that, frankly? I can't imagine anybody wouldn't. You know, maybe somebody that doesn't have any and they're like, wait, what are you mistaking for the balls? Yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Yeah. Slightly insulted. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I like this one a lot. I mean this as a compliment, but you have sex like you've never written a children's book before. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. You never, you know, when you're thinking of like professions that are good at sex, children's authors low on the list, right? Right, yeah, you wouldn't think that guy can fuck. That guy can write a children's book and fuck, you know? Absolutely. Like, 100%. You know, you'd definitely rather fuck, like, a children's author than, like, a cop or something. But children's author compared to, like, actor or whatever, it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, probably low on the list of, like, jobs whose uh, workers you think could probably bone down real good. Most people <laughs> probably aren't, like, really children's good. authors, yeah. Probably not, yeah. Lemony Snicket, though, I hear. It's a freak. Get after it, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, check out all the, the whole list on ClickHole. It's like 35 fucking <laughs> entries. It's really long. 35? <laughs> Those were the cream of the crop, though. Those are Yeah, rad. that was my favorites, yeah. Those are definitely the best ones, but yeah, check it out. It fucking crack me up. Love them balls, Love them Stein. balls, Stein. <laughs>